Good morning, church. It's good to see you and be with you this morning. If we haven't met, my name is Lawson. I'm one of the pastors uh, here at Redeemer. Uh, we're, we're jumping back into our journey through the Gospel of Luke. We started this uh, at the end of last year, it's the end of 2021. Uh, we began walking through Luke, and I've gotten some questions lately about, uh, you know, how long do you think we're going to be in Luke? You know, it's like, man, only chapter 11, like a year in. Uh, and, uh, and my answer to that is that we're actually over the next couple of weeks, we're going to slow down in the Gospel of Luke and just look at the Lord's Prayer together. Uh, and so a long time, you know, I think John Piper took 13 years through Romans, so y'all can just take it easy and ease off a little. It's okay if we spend a couple years in Luke. Um, and we are gonna, so we are going to slow down and talk about prayer for the next several weeks and talk through this prayer of Jesus, how he taught his disciples and us how to pray. As we get started, uh, I did want to mention uh, my, my favorite book on prayer. I, I love to, to read. Uh, and my favorite book on prayer is called A Praying Life. It's by Paul Miller. Uh, and so if, you are, if you're a reader, you like to read, if you want to learn and kind of read about prayer as we're over the next four or five weeks talking about prayer, uh, it'd be a great thing to, to get. Yeah, it's called a, a Praying Life by Paul Miller. Very accessible. I think anyone from junior high and up would enjoy it uh, and, and would, would benefit a lot from it. If you're any students, if y'all want it and you don't have it, if, and you'll read it. Not, you're not, I don't want to just like, sure, I'll take a free hand me that I'm going to throw it away. But if you'll read it, then come find me. I got some extras in my office. I'll give one to you. Um, uh, all the rest of you, just buy it on Amazon. Come on. Uh, <laughs> uh, so we're, we're, but we are talking about prayer um, together. Um, and I have a question to start off. Uh, and, and it's this, if Jesus was here, if he was in the room, in the flesh, uh, and, and we could ask him one question. What would we ask him? What would we ask him? Think of all the questions that the disciples could have asked Jesus. Jesus, would, could you teach us how to do that thing with the bread where you multiply it, make more? Jesus, could you teach us how to teach like you do with such authority and power from God. Jesus, would you teach us how to make the lame people walk? Would you teach us how to open the eyes of the blind? Would you teach us how to, to raise the dead? But that's not what they asked Jesus here. Instead, they ask him, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. Well, what led to this question? I think the disciples had seen in Jesus' life, and I think we've seen in Jesus' life, even just in the Gospel of Luke, a pattern. Uh, and it's a pattern of prayer. Right? Uh, Luke 5, verse 16, yet he often, often withdrew to deserted places and prayed. During those days, chapter six, he went out to the mountain to pray and spent all night in prayer to God. 9.18, while he was praying in private and his disciples were with him, he asked them, right? He's praying. Luke 9.28, about eight days after this conversation, he took along Peter, John, and James and went up on the mountain to pray. And then our, our text here starts, he was praying in a certain place. Jesus had a pattern in his life of prayer. And the disciples, I think, rightly discerned 
who he is, all that he does, it's, it's, tied out, it's tied up. It comes from his connection with the Father. It comes from his prayer. Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. And I think it's the most obvious observation in the world for, for, from this uh, pattern in Jesus' life. But worth saying that, that if Jesus loved to pray, if, if he prioritized for he chose to pray even when things were busy and the crowds were pressing in and he he uh they wanted him to teach them they wanted him to heal them and his ministry was was blowing up all over the region he prioritized getting out alone to be with the father and if he needed that don't we right how proud do, do, do we have to be to say you know, I, I pretty much have life handled. I'm good. I can make it on my own. If he needs it, how much more do we? How much more do we need to pray? And so I, I hope through this series uh, to, to make this our prayer. And I, I, would, I would encourage you and challenge you, make this your prayer. Over the next several weeks, just in your heart, throughout your day, as you're thinking, as you're journaling, as you're praying, as you're driving to work, right, whatever it is, just to say, take this verse, of Luke 11, 1, the, the disciples' question there, Lord, teach us to pray. Just make that your prayer. Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. Let's, let's make this our prayer together as we walk through this series. Let's take a moment now to pray. And we will stop several times in the sermon to, to actually, I'll give you time to pray. So just, just so you know, a little heads up. Um, the band told me that they were out in the four-year last service and they kept like getting up to come in and they're like, oh wait, he's not done yet. Uh, so band, just watch out for that. Uh, the, uh, but, but we will pray together. Um, but, but I wanna give you a moment and, and let's, let's actually go to the Lord now. Go, go to the Lord now in, in, in your chair, in your heart. Um, and would you ask God to open your heart to whatever he wants to say to you today? Would you ask him to put away distractions and to speak to you? If you will, would you pray also for me that I would be faithful to God's word. I will only say what he wants me to say and I'd be helpful to you. Father, we love you. And we ask, you, we ask you, as your disciples did, teach us to pray. Please come now and do that by your spirit, through your word and for your glory. Amen. Lord, teach us to pray. Prayer, uh, prayer is learned. Right? The disciples ask Jesus this and he doesn't say to them, sorry, 
you know, some's got it, some's ain't, you know, like you either born, born with the ability to pray or you're not, so sorry. No, 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 it, it can be learned, right? No one's born learning, knowing how to pray. Everyone learns. And so wherever you are in here with prayer, you can, you can ask Jesus to teach you to pray, right? Maybe you're a beginner in prayer. Maybe you, you don't ever pray really, prayer makes you really nervous, especially praying out loud in front of people. Maybe you try to pray at home, but, but even just a couple seconds in, you run out of things to say, you don't know what to pray. That's okay. That's where you are. That's where you have to start, right? That's where we all start. And we can ask, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. Maybe, maybe you, you're in here and, and you're a Christian and you know about prayer, you know you should pray, but you just struggle you struggle to pray, you struggle to make time to pray for whatever reason, it's just difficult. It's never really been part of your life. Maybe it was and now it's not. Lord, teach us to pray. And maybe you're, you're a mature Christian, you've been a Christian for a long, long time, for many years, you know about prayer, you pray. Uh, but maybe, maybe it's become routine for you. You know it's the right thing to do. You, you know it's important. You do it. But, it, but there's, not, there's not life that there once was. Lord, teach us to pray. Maybe, maybe you're in here and prayer is your life. Prayer is your life. How would you get through a day without prayer? And I know that you will pray with us. Lord, teach us to pray. We can all learn to pray, right? We can all grow in prayer. And prayer, prayer is, is learned. It's both caught and taught, right? It's both caught and taught. Notice that when the, the disciples ask Jesus, teach us to pray, he doesn't, first of all, give them a little pamphlet to read about prayer. He doesn't, first of all, uh, give them, you know, the, here's, here's the doctrinally how it works. Uh, he says, when you pray, say this, and he gives them an example he gives an example, a sample prayer. Right? And, and we learn prayer by hearing others pray. And prayer is, it, you, can, you can liken it to learning a language. Right? Children, how do they learn a language? Right? Do you sit down a little one-year-old and say, okay, here's what an adverb is, child. Right? Maybe, maybe your one-year-old's a genius. Uh, <laughs> that's great, I'm glad for them. Right? But no, how do they learn language? It's just around them, right? They just hear it, they hear it all the time. Adults are speaking to them, mom and dad are speaking to them all the time. And then all of a sudden, what happens? They start to speak. And they say words and it's halting at first and it's, you know, and no one else could understand them except their parents, but it's so great. And then they get better and better and better. And then they're correcting you one day, right? Um, which is super fun. Uh, but, uh, right, the, but prayer, right, is, is, uh, is like learning a language. It's, it's caught. We, we hear prayers around us. And, and many of you, uh, like me, grew up in a Christian home. You grew up in the church. And what a blessing that, one of the blessings of that is that you've, you learned to pray early. It was always around. You have a language. You have concepts. You have, uh, you've heard prayer. And so you have that language. Some of you didn't grow up in that. And you, so you don't have it, right? And that's okay, too. You can learn it. We, we learn by Praying together by hearing others pray, by, by hearing God's word. Uh, Eugene Peterson talks about prayer being answering God. I really like this. He, like, he, he talks about prayer as, as language, learning language. Um, and, and 
he says, what, you know, what, what all prayer is, is that God has spoken to us, right? God has, has spoken to us through his word. And all of our prayer is simply answering him. It's simply hearing his word, reading his word, receiving his word, and just answering him back, praying his words back to him. Prayer is caught. And prayer is also taught, though. It can be taught. Right after the, the Lord's prayer, after the sample prayer, Jesus then teaches them. He teaches them about prayer, about being persistent in prayer, about what God will give them in prayer, how to do it. And so prayer can be taught and should be taught. And so we should talk about it. And so we're going to take the next couple of weeks to talk about it and to teach, uh, to teach prayer. And, and I, I hope it's encouraging to you to, just to notice and to hear, man, every, wherever you are, you can grow in prayer. You can grow closer to God. Your connection can be stronger, deeper, more intimate. And Jesus is inviting us into this. Now, Jesus says, whenever you pray, say, Father, right, your name be honored as holy. So he starts off. And, and some people, um, you know, would, would, would look at this and say, when, when, he, when he says, whenever you pray, say, and they would say, okay, this is like a, uh, you have to say these exact words, you know, Father, hallowed be your name. You say the, or your name be honored as holy, your kingdom come, give us this day our daily bread. You, you have to say these exact words. And, and the Lord's Prayer has, of course, been used this way throughout church history. Um, and it, it's a great thing to do. To, you, you, can, you can pray this exact prayer to God yourself. Use his words, pray them back to him. That's wonderful. Um, but, but I do not think that this prayer is like a formula or an incantation. It's like you just got to say the exact words right or you're not praying. No, no, no. We, we, we have many other prayers in the Bible. Jesus himself prays many other times and he doesn't use these exact words. And so this isn't a formula. It's not an incantation. It's a template. Jesus is saying, hey, here's what prayer sounds like. Here's the kind of things you pray about. Here's what you say. And just notice the simplicity. I notice the simplicity here. I didn't count the number of words, but it's less than 50 words. Right? A child can pray. If you're in here and you can understand my words, you can pray. It just sounds like talking to your dad. Simplicity. And Jesus invites us into this. And what he says to say, whenever you pray, say, Father. Father, and I'll just warn you, that's as far as we're getting in the Lord's Prayer today. <laughs> uh, we, got, we got the rest of the, the series for that. And, and we, we, we might see this, and you know, the Matthew version says, our Father who art in heaven, and maybe what you have memorized. And so we're used to this. We're used to, to seeing this as a, as a prayer and, and addressing, seeing the address to God as Father. But this would not have been uh, normal for the disciples for the original audience that Jesus has here. This would have been striking. It would have been surprising to them. God is, is referred to in the Old Testament as Father. He is, he is called the Father of Israel. He's, he's likened to a father in several places, but he's never addressed as a father like Jesus addresses him here. And like Jesus addresses him throughout his ministry and throughout the Gospels, if you look at the places where Jesus talks to the Father, he calls him Father. This is how Jesus himself addresses God. And, and the word that Jesus actually used is, is the Aramaic word, which is Abba. Right? Abba, 
Father. And we, and we know that he used that, and we know it was striking because the disciples at several places, when they're writing down, uh, writing down the life of Jesus, they, they maintained, they kept, you know, everything's in Greek except this one word in Aramaic, which is Abba, uh, right? They, they kept this word Abba because it was so striking to them that Jesus would address God in this way. And in that word, Abba, you can hear the simple sounds. And in every language has this, right? Dada, Papa, Abba, right? Why, why is it simple? Because this is the first words the children learn. They address their parents, mom, dad, right? Simple language. When, when children are adopted, there's often a, a question about, um, depending on how old they are, like, are they going to call, you know, the adopted parents mom and dad? Are they not going to? What's the, you know, and, and the, there's a lot of factors involved there, isn't it? The, does the child want to? Do the parents want to? How, how you know, how does that look on their, their biological parents? Like, there's a lot of considerations in that. We know it's important. It's, cr- it's, it's crucial, right? It's important what, who you call Mom, dad, mama, dada. And, and the amazing thing is that Jesus is inviting us into his very own relationship with the Father. He's inviting his disciples. He says, whenever you pray, say, dad, papa, abba. And you might ask, well, can I, can I address God that way? And you might say, well, am, like, well, am I a child of God? That's what Jesus is saying. You can address, come to God as a child. So I say, am I a child of God? And that's a good question. That's a good question. Galatians 4 says this. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. Jesus came, right, under, born under the law, born of woman, born a real man, right? And he came, why? To redeem those who were under the law. We have failed at the law. We are sinners. We are rebels against God. But that's why Jesus came for us, to redeem us, to pay our debt, We should die, but Jesus died in our place for our sins so that, what it says, we might receive adoption as sons. We we get to be brought into the family of God because of what Jesus has done. Uh, John 1 says the same thing. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. We've seen that in Luke, haven't we? Some people did not like Jesus. They did not receive him. They rejected him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. All right, so if you're not a child of God right now, what do you have to do? What do you have to do to become one? It's, it's amazing, All right? What do you have to do? You have to receive Jesus to believe in his name to believe that he, in fact, did come. He did die on the cross for your sins. The son of God, perfect for the imperfect. And he rose from the dead. He's alive right now and he can forgive you. Right? You open your heart to him. 
You trust him. You believe in his name. And you can become a child of God. You can become a child of God this very moment. And for those of you who have believed in his name, look at what it says, all who did receive him, have you received him? Have you believed in his name? Then listen, you have the right. right? You, you the right, there's a lot of sermons in that word. The right to become children of God. You are a child of God and Jesus invites you to approach God as your father. And, and, and I think father, it sounds pretty formal for us. Like, we, like not many you know, little children walk around and say father. You know, they're trying to uh, call, their God, call their dads, you know, father. Um, so I, that's why I think, I think papa, daddy, dad is more accurate. I think it's, that's what Jesus is saying. You can come to God as your good dad. And Jesus invites us to come as children. And I think that means at least three things. Three things. First, uh, this means that that we are invited into a praying family. We're invited into a praying family. Um, In the Matthew, in the Matthew's version of of the Lord's Prayer, it says, Our Father who art in heaven. And even even in Luke's, you can see every pronoun is plural, right? Uh, Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. We also, right? Uh, Jesus is not here envisioning a solitary Christian praying. He's envisioning a family, children praying together. And we, we, we are invited into this family of God that prays for one another. Dietrich Bonhoeffer in, in his great little book, Life Together, says this, a Christian fellowship, a church, lives and exists by the intercession, that's prayer, the intercession of its members for one another or it collapses I can no longer condemn or hate a brother for whom I pray, no matter how much trouble he causes me. His face that hitherto may have been strange and intolerable to me is transformed in intercession into the countenance of a brother for whom Christ died, the face of a forgiven sinner. Our church lives and exists by the intercession of its members for one another or it collapses. And we live by our prayers for one another. Where would we be without our prayers for one another? We're invited into this family. And I thought we could actually just stop right now and pray. Um, and so I, I just want to give you a moment to, in your seat to just pray and just say, Father, thank you for our church family. Thank you for our church family. Do that now. Jesus invites us into a praying family. And next, Jesus invites us as children to access and to intimacy with the Father. To access and intimacy with the Father. Um, in the Old Testament, right, uh, the, the, the Jews and, and uh, the whole structure even of the temple itself 
It was made for, for, uh, for God to be with his people, right? He was in the temple. He was with them. His presence was with them. Um, but it was structured so that they would be separate, right? There was the, the holy of holies, the sanctuary, the inner place where no one could go, right? Where, where God, the ark was, where God's presence dwelled. And, and all, the only person who could go in there was the high priest. And that was only once a year after he purified himself in order to, to make atonement for sin, to offer the sacrifice. Um, and, but beyond that, no one could go in. There's a thick curtain in the way, right? You, you can't go. You can't, you're separated from the presence of God. Ever since Eden, ever since the garden, right? We, we could not be in God's presence. But the whole book of Hebrews Right? It talks about how, how Jesus came and he fulfilled the law. It talks about how he came as our great high priest, how he made a way for us by his sacrifice, by dying, by rising from the dead. He opened the way to God for us. This is in, in Hebrews chapter 10. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have boldness to enter the sanctuary, that's the holy place, through the blood of Jesus, He has inaugurated for us a new and living way through the curtain, that is, through his flesh. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed in pure water. Right, this is the, the priesthood of the believers. We celebrate that we don't have to go through a, a priest. We don't have to go to a confession. We don't have to go through any, a pastor, anyone to get to God. Why? Because Jesus has opened a way through his body by sacrificing himself and we in him have access straight to the Father. Tim Keller says the, the only person who can wake up a king in the middle of the night for a glass of water is his child. And we have that kind of access. And this is a miracle. And we, we, we think about this so simply, right? And, and we've, we've learned this, we know this, we teach our children this, you can pray, God hears you, right? And we, we sometimes, I think, forget it's a miracle. Why would he listen to us? And the answer is because Jesus, because he made a way. And he invites us to intimacy and to access. And so I want to give you another chance to pray right now. Would you, would you in your chairs, would you pray? Father, thank you that I can, I can speak directly to you and you hear me. Go ahead. Jesus invites us to come as children into a family, a praying family, to access an intimacy with the Father. And thirdly, Jesus invites us to come as we are. Paul Miller in, in uh, Praying Life says uh, he invites us to come messy, which I like that. Because we're all messy, aren't we? Children are really good at coming as they are, aren't they? 
children are great at coming without pretense, without airs, right? Uh, without, uh, they, they just tell you exactly what they want, exactly what they're thinking, right? This happens at my house about nine million times each morning, right? Uh, not to mention the afternoon. Uh, <laughs> just this week, uh, my daughter came, you know, it was a normal day. I was about to leave for work and she came and said, hey dad, can you take me to Hobby Lobby? I need to get, get a gift for somebody. I was like, no, I have to go to work. Like, you know this, <laughs> right? What, what is she, she's just t- saying what she wants. She's just telling me. Right, kids, will they'll tell you their emotions, right? He hit me, right? <laughs> I mean, how many times do you hear that? Like, they just tell you exactly what they're feeling, what they're thinking. And I think some people think that they have to clean themselves up. They have to kind of get proper, you know, before they come to God, before they pray. I think surely God wouldn't want to talk to me in this state of mind. Surely God wouldn't want to hear that about that. I think they have to clean themselves up before they can come to God. Right? And, and, and does God want to clean us up? Uh, undoubtedly. Right? Yes, he wants to clean us up. We all, we're all messy. We all have so much wrong with us. Right, but but it's, it's wrong, it's the, it's the exact wrong way to think uh, we have to clean ourselves up before we can come to God. No, 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 we come to God and then he cleans us up. Right, he, he'll take care of it. But he can't take care of it if you won't be honest with him. I think there's a, there's a lot of barriers to prayer. And we talked about pride. I think that's, that's maybe the biggest one. We just think we can handle life. We, we, don't, we don't know our own neediness. There's cynicism, right? Cynicism can creep in. Maybe doubts. I don't even know if God's there. I don't even know if he cares. I don't know if he can hear me. I feel like I'm talking to the ceiling. Maybe you, you've prayed something in the past that didn't get answered like you wanted. So you think, I, just, I don't even know if he cares. Maybe, maybe there's despair. You just, life is so hard, you're so sad, you just can't even pray. Maybe, maybe you're angry. Something happened in your life and you're just mad. If you go to God, it's just gonna open up a can of worms because you're mad. Maybe, maybe you've just been disobedient, you've just been lazy. Like, I know I should pray. But I just... And... and it, Whatever barrier it is for you, the invitation is to come and to come as you are. Right? You can tell God that, like, He can handle it. Right? You, you, uh, Paul Miller says the, in prayer, the real you has to meet the real God. And I think that's true, right? We put on faces, don't we? We put on masks for other people. Yeah, I'm, I got it, I'm put together, I'm good. There's nothing wrong with me. Yeah, we, we maintain this appearance, don't we? Right? Why, why would we do that with God? <laughs> you know? Like, what, what, what? he knows. He knows what's in your heart. So just tell him, Father, I'm angry. I can't believe this happened. Father, I don't even know if you're there. Father, I, I know I haven't, you know I haven't prayed for years. Father, I'm so proud. I don't know what to do about it. You can come to him and just be yourself. 
like a child. Tell him what you're thinking. Tell him what you're feeling. This is the, the first step to prayer. <laughs> you can approach God. He invites you. He can handle it. We're going to come as we are in just a moment as we respond to the message. But I do want to give you some, uh, some practical applications. I think James warns us against being hearers of the word only and not doers. Of, of hearing a good thing, uh, teaching, hearing from God, and then leaving, and nothing changes. And, and if you're like me, you grew up in church, uh, man, it's, it's really easy to do that. It's really easy to go, yeah, prayer, that's good, that's a great word, you know, and then go out in your weeks completely the same. And so I, I want to give us some, just some practical applications um, for us together. The first one, is, is some uh, just meditation. You can do this individually that, uh, that you would meditate on. Take, take an hour, take 30 minutes this week um, and just read Galatians 4, 1 through 7 uh, or Romans 8, 12 uh, through 39. These are both great passages that are about, uh, about your, being a child of God and about prayer. And so these would be great passages just to think about and meditate just means to, to think deeply about them and let them lead you to prayer. Right, let them lead you to, uh, you can read this and go, God, thank you, that's true. God, help me. Where I fail at that, please help me. Right? You can, these can work into your heart. Um, and you, and they can, God will teach you to pray. As you hear his word, you can answer him. Meditate on those passages. I'd encourage you to do that. Um, next, I, I, I'd encourage you, again, to, to make this our prayer. Lord, teach us to pray. I make this our prayer together. Lord, teach us to pray. What if, we, uh, what if we all prayed this throughout our days for the next five weeks? What would happen? What would God do in our church family? I think, I think uh, like children, our child's request, many of our, our prayers, our prayer, uh, you know, the things we pray to God are, are pretty selfish. Like most of my children's requests to me are pretty self-centered and foolish, <laughs> you know? I, I, we're the same, pretty much. You know, when we pray to God, he's like... I like what you're thinking, but it's not, it's not right. Uh, right. But this one, I just think he'll answer it. How would he not? I, don't, I just don't know how God could look at a church saying, Lord, teach us to pray and go, yeah, not, not right now. You know, I, he'll, I just think he'll answer. So let's pray this together as a church family. Um, next, uh, come on, on Wednesday night. Right? Come to our, our second Wednesday prayer gathering. All right, we have a, it's a potluck, which is a Potluck. I mean, that's pretty great. Uh, and then, and then we do a prayer meeting afterward, right? And, and it's wonderful. Last last month's was awesome. We just prayed through a psalm and we prayed for each other uh, for needs in the church. And so, come. You can, you can come. You don't have to pray out loud if you come, right? I think some people just are, are so terrified of praying out loud, and I get that. It's nerve wracking, and if you're not used to it, it's, it is. It's it makes you nervous. I get it. Um, but but you just come, right? You come and pray with us on on second Wednesday. And then um, lastly, and this one I, I'm excited about, I want to have some, some sort of a, a, a missional application, a, a missional um, uh, something that we can do in, in, our, in our community because the, the next phrase, Father, your name be honored as holy, right? If we have a father like this, the next thing is, would everyone know how wonderful you are? Would everyone know your goodness, right? He's not our father exclusively <laughs> to the exclusion of everyone else. No, no, he can be the, your father too. He can be their father too. Um, and so we, we want to 
uh, we, we want to uh, pray for others that they would know him as their father. And so uh, I would encourage you to, as a, as a group, um, as a family, maybe with another family in the church, uh, to, to prayer walk in your neighborhood. Okay, prayer walk in your neighborhood. Um, so if you haven't prayer, done a prayer walk before, it's very complicated, so listen closely. You're gonna go and get your notes out for this one. You do two things. You pray, I'm sorry, you walk first. Start walking. Uh, and while you walk, you pray. Okay, so multitasking, I know it can be difficult, uh, but I believe in you. Uh, to, right, to anyone, if we're looking at you, it just looks like you're having a conversation, which you are, you're having a conversation with the Lord. Uh, but you just pray, you walk through your neighborhood and you just pray for that house. Lord, I pray that you bless those neighbors. Pray that they would know you as father. Right, and go to the next house. God, I pray that you bless those neighbors. They would know you as father. Right, and then what, what a wonderful thing. And it's, oh, it's October and the weather is just wonderful. Like go walk in your neighborhood uh, and pray. And, and, and uh, if you would, I would love to, to make through this series a map of just the neighborhoods that we've prayed in. Just to, just to show like, hey, here's where, this is where we're covering in prayer. Um, and so you can email prayer at makingmuchofjesus.org. Just email the name of your neighborhood. If you're going, if you're going to pray together, just email us that, that neighborhood so we can put it on a map and kind of show it. We're not, we won't like put your name or anything like that. It'll just be, you know, kind of colors to show kind of where we're, where we're praying uh, in, our, in our area and where people are located. Um, and, and also, if, there's any, if any cool stories come out of that, you know, that you'd like to share, I'd love to hear those too. You can send those to the same place. But I hope those are some practical things that, that can lead us as we, as we ask the Lord to teach us to pray. Would you, would you help us and teach us? Um, I want to end today with just some, some encouragement for you. Um, and encouragement, especially for you if you're a Christian, if you are a child of God. Um, if you are a child of God, then you, you have a father who loves you. Like, really? <laughs> it's the hardest thing to believe in the world, isn't it? You have a father who loves you. Think of all the ways that, that Jesus could have taught his disciples to address God. Right? He could have said, when you pray, say, mighty God. He could, have, he could have said, when you pray, say, creator of all. He could have said, when you pray, say, holy deliverer. Right? He, could have, he could have said, all those are true. He could, have said, he could have said many other names of God. But what did he say? When you pray, say, Papa. Daddy. Abba. And if you're a child of the king, then you have all the promises of scripture. <laughs> including this one from Galatians 4. And because you are sons, right? Don't get hung up on that. Sisters, don't get hung up on that, right? And Paul is saying that you're sons, right? Uh, but it's technical because the sons inherit, right? The, the, the inheritance goes through the sons. And what Paul is saying is that sons and daughters, they both inherit as sons. You're an heir of Christ, right? Sisters with your brothers, you get to be you get to inherit as sons, right? And brothers with our sisters, we're also the bride of Christ. So this is just how it is. We have to get used to this, uh, right? But because you're sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying what? Abba, Father. 
And listen, that's true whether you know it or not. (laughs) If you're a Christian in here, the spirit himself is in you and what he cries is, Daddy. Go to Romans 8. You did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Now we're crying in, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. You are a child of the king the spirit of adoption, the spirit of Jesus inside you cries, Abba, Father. We cry with him, Abba, Father. You're a child and heir of the universe. Last week, I was in the car with my uh, four-year-old daughter and um, I, I, I asked her a question because I had asked other, my, some of my other kids when they were younger and gotten some good answers and so I wanted to see what she would say. Um, and I said, I said, Adelaide, what, what would you, if Jesus was here in the car with us, what, and you could ask him one question, what would you ask him? And she thought about it for a minute. And she said, I kid you not, this is what she said. She said, I love you. Right, to which I thought, that's right. If <laughs> Jesus was here, what should I say to him? I love you, right? Uh, that's exactly right. And I said, baby, he can hear you. You can tell him that right now. And she said, God, I love you so much. And it's just true that he can hear you right now. And you can say that to him. And so let's pray. Take a moment in your heart as the band comes. I just want to give you a second to respond. Take a moment to pray. Pray to your father. Be with your father. Maybe it feels really informal. It feels weird to call, try to call God Papa or Dad. It would have felt very, very informal to the disciples as well. But Jesus invites us into this. And so take a moment to, to be with your father and, and listen, to, to come messy, to tell him exactly what you're thinking, exactly what you feel, exactly what's on your heart. He knows he's not surprised by it. Take a moment to be with your father.
Maybe you haven't known God as Father, but you want to. You feel in your heart, you feel the Spirit drawing you. You feel Him working. You feel love for Jesus rising up in you. And go to Him. Say, forgive me. I need you. Open up your heart.